everybody. Welcome. We are live, baby, here on TRB Live. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm John. That's James. That's Lacey. And we're here to talk to you about Andor episode 11. Blevin. 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 How is my boy Blevin? There is no Blevin. That's why he's going to come back big in uh, episode 12 and be sort of like the big surprise twist. He's actually Snoke. If that happens... I will pie myself Good. on this show because that's Good. how ridiculous it's gotten. If that ends up happening, which it won't because we know Lonnie's the guy now, mm. I will literally this. He's going to be the Mark Wahlberg. He's going to show up at the end with his little baggies over his feet and he's going to shoot uh, Cyril in the head. Were you using the Empire Strikes Back mug? This is my Empire Strikes Back mug. With yeah. the space slug? No, Not different it. mug. That's over here. Is there any chance that that's a spoiler to a movie? Uh, see? <laughs> <laughs> cool mugs. I like those mugs. The What's online community <laughs> just thinks John spoils everything now. So I have a I little... I the Resistance broadcast at the end of AI. Like, yeah. like it's just like... <laughs> I have a big reveal. Next, the next episode of Andor. I know the title. I know the title. Is this a really lame joke? Go ahead. It's going to be called Marvelous. Get it? Hold on. I'm queuing up the crickets. (laughs) (laughs) There are crickets. There are crickets in the soundboard. Please use them. Are there? Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> I, I thought of that one minute ago. <laughs> it's in Get the it soundboard. Because <laughs> she's uh yeah, I don't she's see not it. around. Uh we also this is a little bit of a loosey goosey show because James actually never told us what his uh score was for this. Oh, so we're gonna get to deal. We're gonna get to him first in a bit. Um but thanks to everybody who's joining us live. We appreciate that very, very much. Uh if you don't mind uh, sharing the link on whatever your social media is, let people know. Tell a friend. Come on in. Uh, Super Chats are available if you'd like us to not only feature your comment, but also talk about your comment on the show, uh, which will also be hitting the podcast apps tomorrow in case you have to jet out or what have you. And, of course, if, uh, if you're coming in late at any point and you have to come in, come out, this will also always be there on the channel, but also, mm-hmm. again, the podcast apps tomorrow. Um, and make sure you like the video and all that good stuff, too. But more importantly than not, we just want to thank everybody for being with us. Whether it's live or not, it's time to talk Andor. And this one is actually called Daughter of Ferrix. Uh, Benjamin Karen is the director. And back with the pen in hand. I assume now he's probably, a, I bet Tony Gilroy's a typewriter guy. He's probably like a, Tom Hanks probably sent him a typewriter. And he probably started. I uh, think Tony Gilroy is definitely a writer, like a notebook type of. And like George Lucas. Yeah. Like get all his ideas down type guy. Can I throw out a suggestion? Dictate guy. Oh, to a, to a human or like a device? Like AI. I kind of, I honestly, I kind of picture dictate to device. Like he uses the text to translate, not like not translate like Siri, but like an app that has a really good word processing thing. And he can, He'd just say it and then go back and like edit mm. later. I heard he dictates to a person and it's Gareth Edwards. I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> Gareth's probably doing something today these days. He's, he's living his best <laughs> life, man. I know that guy's doing all yeah. right. He directed a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Uh, I did respected that. I would, one and then left like out. I wouldn't need to do anything else professionally. You direct <laughs> a Star Wars movie. That's it. That's pinnacle. Even if yeah, it's the, you, like the worst Star Wars movie, like George Lucas directed one of the worst Star Wars movies, Attack of the Clones, in my opinion. But he also directed other ones too. But I'm saying if say one person came in and they directed Attack of the Clones, you're still above everyone because you directed a Star Wars movie. So yeah. I love I that. Love I love that he was like, he was like, Godzilla, Star Wars, I'm out. <laughs> and then like, yeah. Disappears. Brian yeah, said those it perfectly. Franchises are still going on fine. Yeah. Yeah. Brian said Tony dictates, and then if the person is depressed afterwards, he knows he nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Me, I'm the person, Brian. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, all right. We will start rating this show now, as we usually do. And we each give our score, put our averages up there. I don't know how we're going to do this because I have no idea what James's score was. But we're going to give it a shot here. <laughs> but our patron score. We do know that. But I'm going to start things off with James because James always likes to be a little mystery guy. He thinks everyone's just waiting with bated breath for his score. James, what did well, you we get? we are technically. 11 to score. Uh, this, what did you score episode 11? Nine. All right. John, can you do can you do the math in your head? I had to pull out a calculator for this one. I don't know, James. Can you say calculator? <laughs> what? Did what I say it wrong? <laughs> you didn't say the first L. Which was which was your first L of the episode. But anyway. Sure. Uh so James um, gives it an eight for what reasons? Nine. Well, throw, throw it he out. gave it a nine. I, a nine. I gave it a nine. I did the math ahead of um, time. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it a nine. I mean, look, it's a great episode. I, I don't think that it was, I was, I usually just compared to the last episode and last one was uh 9.5. And I was like, was it as good as the last episode? No, nah, a little down. You know what I mean? There was <clears throat> lots of really good points in it, but at the end of the day, like I left last episode with, I can't swim and, and so much of that other stuff. It's like, Oh my gosh, dude, like what a solid episode. So I just brought it down a little bit. Nine. Still very high for me. I really love this series. Excelente. Excelente. I gave this episode an eight. Um, I was leaning seven five. Um, I, I felt it was a little, I, I was expecting, because the way Tony Gilroy sort of positioned this was it's like a two episode finale. So I was expecting they're both going to be big. It's not going to be one sets up the spike for the other one. Um, so that, and that's my fault maybe for, for expecting that. I still thought it was really good. I think eight's a very good score. Um, I think what put it uh, 2-8 for me was that sort of space battle. We finally got a space battle in Andor. Um, and true. give Tony Gilroy credit. We feel like it's one of those things like, I've seen it all in Star Wars, and no, we haven't. He gave us something fresh in a space battle in Andor, and he could put that on his mantle as something he did uh, for this series and for Star Wars. So I thought that was very cool. We'll get to that uh, without question in a, in a little while. Um, so nine for James, eight for me and Lacey, where are you at? I gave this episode a seven. I thought it was a solid episode, uh, based on all the other ratings that I've given. And, um, I thought it was, I thought it was good. I didn't think it was as good as the last episode. Um, just personal preference, but Mm -hmm. I think the space scene at the end with Luthen is one of the best scenes in the whole series so far. It's pretty epic. It, yeah. Um, what'd you think of? I guess we'll get to it, but uh, Saw Gerrera, bringing it. I thought. Uh, I thought. I thought. Um, I thought he was. I mean, I liked his first appearance, but I liked him, even though it's in short bits, better in this than in Rogue One. I like. He, he is very good in this. Yeah. Yeah, and I know yeah. it's in small little bits, but I think that's good. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you say small right. bits, but I I don't know that it's much longer in the Fair. movie. Yeah, it is because you're talking about like a segment. It's like a 10 minute segment in the episode. And then yeah. it's probably 10 or maybe 15 minutes in the movie. Right. So. Well, for, for any of the mathematicians out there, <clears throat> uh, that averages us out to a, an even eight from TRB. There he is. Diego Luna's all eights of them. There he is with uh, some facial hair. I miss that's another thing I miss. I, I like the casting better with the beard. I think I'm a Cassian beard guy as opposed to a shaven face, but I'm a Cassian um, anything woman. He's are just, you? I didn't even think you were that big of a Cassian fan. He's stupid attractive. All these people are. Really? Yeah. Hmm, I'm surprised Bix Ooh, is hands down one of the most be beautiful people thing. that's ever come to Star Wars in this episode. They had to put so much makeup on her to make her look rough. Yeah. Most attractive cast. Oh, that's a difficult question. I mean, it really yeah, have to think about personal it. Maybe preference, we'll get back to it at the end. Yeah, we'll have to do that another time. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So our patrons scored this, and they clocked in with a hearty 8.7. There they are. A little bump up. A little bump up. More Diego's the better for our patrons. So thank you to everyone who uh, submitted their score there. They love and that. And all episode. of you together. 8.7. Yeah. And we have a couple of comments I want to get to. Uh, 
before we move on to our favorite moments and our main discussion of this episode, because it may not have been the most you know exciting episode, but a lot happened, uh, as, as it always does with this show. But first off, we have Jamie Gerber. Hi, Jamie. Jamie said, solid eight for me this week. It's like me and us, averaged. Uh, she said, I think the episode did a great job of setting up the final episode. It makes me wonder if they're going to be tying up some of these storylines for this season, since the next season is going to be a time jump can't wait to go back and watch the whole season as a whole. Thanks, Jamie. Uh, and then we have Mike Waldron, a.k.a. Darth Broccoli. And he said, it's a 9.5 for me. It's like Christmas morning before you're allowed to open the presents. You see them all under the tree. You know which ones are yours. And now you sit there waiting, wondering, speculating, and full of hope. The anticipation is so high right now on what will happen next. All the pieces in place. Now we just need to find out if we're getting socks and underwear or the 7,541-piece Millennium Falcon. So I don't know if that's the exact amount of pieces, but... I bet it is. I bet it is, yeah. I thought that was such a great comment. It made me think of when Harrison Ford purposely dropped the, the one that uh, they had built, oh, no. I think, on Conan. Um, but uh, thank you for that. Thank you to all of our patrons for uh, taking part in that. Very cool. All right, so good scores from us, good scores from them, and now time to have a good discussion about all of this. Um, and if again, if you want pieces, oh, so, he was close. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, if you want your comments uh, read on the show and us discuss your takes, uh, super chats are available. All right, let's get into it. Best favorite shot, line, or moment in this episode. Uh, we'll start with Mister Niner, the the Beanie Baney, James. Hmm. I'm going to go with probably the obvious choice. And I, I'm not even going to go shot because I've been going with shot lately. I'm going to go with scene and it's the whole escaping the, the, in the, uh, Fondor. One of the ship. best star Wars scenes ever. Yeah. Wow, it, really? Yeah. The space it's really, star Wars scenes. Yes. It's, it looks really good like there's there's hardly anything in it where i go like oh, that looks kind of fake um and i think there's just this tension that's happening that is cool because he's cool about it like you would think as an audience member you're like oh my god i don't know how he's gonna get out and he's clearly now he's on the tractor beam and everything and luthan's like click 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 you know <laughs> like he it's yeah. like he yeah. just He's either done this so many times um, that he's not uh, freaking out like at all. So he's either done it so many times or he's so confident in the technology that he has on his ship. This is the first time he's used it, but he knows he's going to get away. Um, used it in like, front of us. No, no, no. What I'm saying is he's either done it a ton of times or mm -hmm. he's never done it before, but he's so confident in his technology mm -hmm. that he knows he's going to mm -hmm. get away. It's probably I think it's also a piece but, of what we learned last episode that he has literally nothing to lose. When you have nothing to lose, it's I mean, hard to get stressed yeah. out. Like when you have no family, no friends, no loved ones, like mm -hmm. you're in it for the mission and that's it. Yeah. All you have in your head is I'm going to defy this person. I'm going to beat these people. And so it's easy to stay calm. But I agree, James. It was very interesting to see him go between being like, oh, yep, I'm just totally lost. And then coming off the thing, being like, switch the thing, switch this, run this, give me an ID. It was very cool to watch. Yeah, that's a good point, Lacey. We don't, we really don't know anything about Luthen. So could could he have been like like just a normal citizen and his family got murdered, like, like the Punisher or something? Or is he just somebody who believes in principle and believes in freedom? You know, like, is he a, is he a war veteran? Is he a... You know what? We don't know who this guy is. And I'm, I mean, it'd be cool to find out. We don't have to. I don't need like, need everyone's backstory, but it would be cool to see what got him so involved to be like this catalyst really for the rebellion that uh, is not around as far as we know uh, after this. So, right. Um, uh, so, well, what about you? Did you have, uh, you said this was best, one of the best space battles. Is this your favorite scene from the episode? It's definitely my favorite scene, but so we don't talk about the same thing three times. Mm -hmm. I'll pick a different one. I really enjoyed um, the point of view from B2 Emo. They do a shot from his point of view um, when oh. he's scared and upset. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Did I feel for that droid so, so much? 
Like once again, Star Wars is making you feel things about something that technically isn't, you know, isn't living, isn't, isn't a person or an animal or a creature alien. Um, Star Wars has just that magical touch of making droids be so personable and just by like, you know, movement, whether it be the actual robot itself, its eyes, you know, it's, it's different arms and stuff. I don't know. It just makes you feel for them so, so much. And that's too the um success of the puppeteers and the people that are are moving the the droid around and the voice of course but it was it was heartbreaking it wouldn't Mm -hmm. work if it was just voice it has to be and that goes with anything that goes with that bb8 uh grogu is the same like all these creatures are just a testament to what lucasfilm and their creature shops and and these people that have specialized in this for their whole lives what they can do yeah they can make you care about something that's not real yeah yeah i agree and i don't i don't know if it helped the sentiment because you could actually understand what he's saying like without a translator like sometimes you 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 can hear r2 emoting or bb8 and you know they're sad Mm -hmm. based on the sound tones like yeah you're like 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 even in in rise of skywalker when you like see dio and he's talking like oh i miss her i'm sad and stuff which changed because it originally wasn't like that. Yeah, So it's right. very interesting that, with the exception of C-3PO, we really didn't get that. Astromechs, typically, we, yeah, those types don't do that. Yeah. 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 And then um, I see we have a super chat that is what it was going to give away one of my favorite moments, but it is about what we were talking about. So do we want to get to that? Yeah. So, um, Paul, okay. thanks for the super chat. Appreciate Thank it. You. You're awesome. Per huge. Thank you. Paul. Uh, he said favorite moment, Luthen realizing or releasing those countermeasures to destroy the tractor beam. Ah, was... Like a lot like whispering birds from Mando. That's it, it was. Yeah. I just loved how, like James was saying, he was so confident in what he was doing. And then when you see it actually happening in the Empire, it's just like, wait a second. What? What is happening? Yeah. You know, like he's thought of everything. It was like watching Home Alone, honestly. It, like that, kind of, yeah. that are just working out. It made me think of um, Hux seeing Poe destroy the surface cannons on the Dreadnought. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. like, oh no. And then when he shoots out those like lasers, the lightsaber things out of the side. So cool. The first thing I thought Which, of was like, Hasbro, you better be making a spring action Fondor ship with those things coming out the side. I, I mean, Haslab, whatever. Get make this thing a toy that you could buy for twenty nine ninety nine. Shoot those things out the side. The kids will buy that. I'm sorry, that's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really, I really liked the uh, Imperial Commander. I don't know like who he is, but I he gave me the the a vibe of like they weren't playing him to be a joke. Like honestly, you know, I'm. I, I see what you're saying with the uh, comparison there, but like to me, I'm I'm sort of supposed to laugh at Hux because he's like, it's so confident, and then when he's blowing it up, he's making a face like, Ugh, yeah, <laughs> kind of thing. So, but I but I will say <clears throat> this guy to me, he felt again like sort of calm and collected from the other side, and the only time that they kind of showed like a little bit of his vulnerability as, and this might be actually like my favorite shot is the pull out from the, the glass of the ship and they show him on the inside and he's just going like, it's like a half mad half. I don't know what, how that, how that just fell apart. Like I was in control. I, everything was going my way. And then suddenly in a matter of moments, this guy's gone. Like, I don't know what happened, but he's just like mm-hmm. shaking his head mm-hmm. and it's not a, he didn't give off this like, uh oh, my superior is going to kill me for this. It was a, I don't know. It I, it was Doesn't just it? like a that guy got away and that sucks and I hate him and I'm going to report this, but you know I'm not in trouble. There was nothing I could have done, and I you know I, don't, yeah. I just liked it. I liked the the everything that he put off, and it makes me kind of want to go look up the actor and be like, yo, you need a little bit of credit for this one little scene that you had where I was well, like, like like Kennedy in, in the Last Jedi. Not to bring yes. that up again, but unbelievable. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but like there's something about like just a, a specific performance sometimes from like someone who's not meant to be like a big thing, but it's kind of their scene. And yeah. you're like, you stood out like I, I was very impressed with how you delivered that. You didn't make him a fumbling right. idiot. and You didn't make him like stupidly angry or tyranty for the and sake it, of it, because I'm a bad guy. Add you know, to 
it does add to those scenes in like Empire and stuff where like Vader's on the ship observing these guys trying to execute and like capture the Falcon, and you're like, you, you it makes you think like they're sitting there probably like, God, I wish he wasn't on the ship right now. Oh my God, like I could, he'd probably be focused on something else. If I screw up, it's okay. But you screw up when Vader's on that ship, you are not going home to dinner that night. <laughs> there was, nope. if, he, if this guy was with Vader, same thing would have happened. Um, there was but, something else I liked about that scene too, and this is in the writing, but that guy, it went, uh, Luthen sends over the, the correct assets and it was approved and he still pulled them in, which was very much like uh, the theme of the, the show in general is like, it doesn't even matter if you are doing everything right. You know, yeah. like right. we know they he's the bad guy, but they, they didn't say like his uh, codes were old, but he was going to get approved or something. He gave them exactly what they needed. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I'm just going to pull them in. We could use the practice. Anyway. Yeah. Like a, right. You know, like a cop pulling over someone who's not even doing anything wrong. Right. You know? And it's yep, people like, still do that now. Yeah. 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 And it was just yeah. it was so perfectly said and spoken and delivered for the theme of the themes of this show that I was like, yeah. this scene nails it. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Um, I still have to give my moment, but uh, let's get to that uh, super chat. Yeah. So we have another super chat from <clears throat> Soonerthron. What's up? He hey, says, why buddy. Why did the aliens just let Andor leave in the ship? I could be screwed up. I thought that they like took them. They like dropped, they like, they're like, come with us. And uh, did I? I think did I they were, they hate the Empire. So they were like, look, we would normally do this, but because we hate the Empire. Come on we'll in. give you a ride, right? Yeah. That's how I took it. They didn't give me their ship. They're like, we'll take you there. Yeah. They just seemed I, like nice people I did for once you got a break. I did take it as they let them have the ship. Oh. I, oh. So I'm a little bit on that, but your guys' thing makes more sense that they probably just let him hitch a ride. Because he asked him, say, where are you going? Why would you ask him where you're going if you're giving him the ship? Who cares? Yeah. Like if you tell yeah. if you tell him, oh, you're going that far, I I, I could take you that far. All right, hop in. I guess we just didn't see him like getting off the ship and then the ship leaving or something. So it yeah. I don't know. But um I followed um, that scene. Logically, I thought their wording was their language was kind of hard to follow though, a little bit. They were like, Yeah, we don't like you, but then we sort of like you. Oh, I thought it was like great. You, then we sort of yeah, yeah. it was cool. Love, um, get you go back and forth. Uh, my favorite moment. It, I thought of we were going to get this parallel, but we didn't, but we got kind of close. And it was Cassian talking about wondering if his mom was proud of him. And he didn't get that moment because every kid, you know, whether they want to admit it or not, wants their parents to be proud of them in life. And he was never sure of that because he last they really talked. He was like, I'm just going to go here with this money. You know, I'm, I'm just going to do this thing. And he, he, feels like he finally did something right that was good and helped people and he wanted to know like was my mother proud of me and it made me think of in his final moments in rogue one he didn't think about himself he made sure that Jin got the closure she that he never got to get by saying your father would have been very proud of you that is that gets me like a little emotional you know because Mm -hmm. it's you know, that's just brilliant writing and it's subtle. And uh, that that's one of my favorite moments in this whole series, I think. I don't know if they're going to tap into it much more. I don't know if they need to. It's there. We uh, like we see it. Uh, but knowing that that really elevates that moment with with in Rogue One, because it already is a powerful moment because of what we saw with um, Jin and her father and her seeing his speech and they were estranged and that sort of thing. And Cassie doing that was a very good like awesome thing for him to do but now knowing that he's saying like i didn't have this with my mother i want you to know that i think your father would have been very proud of you that's and then on the other side of that equation you have mon mothma whose daughter could want nothing less to do with her mother yeah Mm -hmm. yeah which is that scene in itself i i think it took a twist that none of us expected speaking last week when we were talking about the daughter james did you expect this this is what I was saying the whole time yeah. that the daughter wanted it. Yeah. That I, I said, look, cause like, the twist is a little different than what you had posed. It's a slightly different. I still think Mon it's Mon rebellion. Mon Mothma isn't trying to like give up her daughter. Like it's really bothering her. But what we didn't expect is that the daughter's fully into it. 
That's what I, yeah, that, no, I said that. Hmm. We didn't know the daughter was fully into like the old ways of uh, Chandrilla. I'm saying that she's going to be totally cool with being part of that world. Like she, she does no problems with the yeah, marriage and the empire and all that, because at the end of the day, Mon Mothma's on her own. Her husband's not around. Her daughter's not a factor. And so this is, I thought the story saying that she loves her daughter and she doesn't want her daughter to be in those situations, but this is the story explaining how the daughter and the father are not part no, of the story. No, I totally agree with that. I'm saying the detail of her being like totally into this crazy kind of cult thing where she's wearing this crazy hairdo, which by the way, I mean, in the beginning of the series when I was like, what's with the crazy hair? She's got like the elder and everything. And you see Vel who's like, no, she's into this. And she's like, mm -hmm. yes, she asked for this. It's just a very yeah, I mean, interesting twist on what you were saying last week of none of us expected that she would be into this like old school elder stuff from her well, home yeah, planet, I, which I then the plays be, into, yeah. right, which then would play into what you were saying, which I'm sure the daughter might just do it. Yeah, and I think I she's going to be okay with there it. Of how she's totally into it is crazy, especially I'm when you watch out. the contrast yeah. with mon and vel yeah. being like what but i'm yeah. not surprised Why? that she's into it hmm. that's that that's was fair. that was my point is that i think that's like fair. her I, i'm actually more surprised to be honest with you when uh she was asked how um what's his name the the, the husband per Peril? Perrin. he Here's was like Greg. yeah he, oh, does, he doesn't care yeah i'm actually more surprised that he was surprisingly open to like whatever i, I, would, I would have assumed he was into it I would assume he was into it, and I would assume that because of the uh, the way they built up the relationship between the daughter and the father, that she would be into it because he was into it, and 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 she's into it because Mon Mothma is not into it. Uh, the mother. How many not times can we say kind of into it? Yeah, into I don't it. know, but um, the hair but the still point, sucks, though. I still stand by that statement. Yeah, I point being, I, I think that the you know that marriage or that. Um, that uh i forget what the term is but like you know betrothal um will go through just fine and that'll be the process to, to get the money and the funds and all that stuff and monomoth was opposed to it but it's going to happen and it's not going to be like selling off the daughter because the daughter's going to be cool with it yeah yeah i think I it's still... that heartbreak of knowing what your daughter's going to go through because you went through it even though your daughter i mean even looking back at my own self at that age you know 14 15 i didn't know what i wanted i didn't know what i thought was right at the time is what's right. So just thinking about what Mon Mothma's going through of like, this is what my daughter thinks she wants, but she doesn't know what the world she's get she's buying into. And then the idea of I'm selling my daughter into this for the greater good, like the sacrifice that you see on that shot alone of Genevieve O'Reilly going through those emotions and sitting there and you see the tears like welling up in her eyes as she's yeah. looking at her daughter. Oh my gosh. Heartbreak. The show is just yeah. like heartbreak after heartbreak. I think the whole One. thing with Perrin is he doesn't care at all. Like he would probably rather not even have a kid. The dude it just seems wants like it. The dude just wants to party. And if he can marry her off and not have to worry about her, good. So he's like, <laughs> Oh yeah, you want oh, you want her to marry your son? Cool, man. Because I have stuff to do and it's called partying all the time. Yeah, and I have money to spend. Yeah. yeah. Man. One, one thing to keep in mind, too, is like we don't <clears throat> know how Mon Mothma felt about being betrothed when she was younger. Because did was she like totally into it and then found out later that it was a bad idea and she's trying to protect her daughter from it? Or was she n always against it? I think it? she made a comment at the party scene that she was like, I've never been one for outdated traditions or something like that. And Perrin was yeah. like, oh, I didn't really care. So, so my mm. thought would be like, okay, it's a controversial subject, but let's just say it's like playing sports or something, right? Like sure. if she was against sports always her entire life, Mon Mothma, she wouldn't want her daughter to play sports. But if her daughter is totally into sports, it makes it a little bit easier for her to be like, okay, like I, I hate it. I don't want you to do it. I think it's a bad idea. I, you know, I was forced to do it and I didn't want to do it, you know? 
Right. Well, I still stand by my it's take something on this different thing. I don't when know. when like the daughter's kind of okay with it. It's like you don't want to do it, but it makes it a I little don't... bit easier. I don't. I still think she's a kid. She's a teenager. Uh, her mom is the only one who's tried to like discipline her and actually parent her. And I think this is her way of. There it is. Yeah, I agree with Jamie. Rebelling against her mom. I said it last yeah. week. I think that's all this is. I actually don't really care about this story that much. Uh, <laughs> I just feel bad for Mon. More than I, oh, else. I do too. But I think As we a mom know now. we know where Mon yeah, we know to. where Mon Mothma's heading, and her sure. whole life is going to be dedicated to the rebellion. So there's going to be this sort of falling out anyway, or what have you. I, I'm not saying I don't care about it, but I'd rather focus time not in, on, on our chat here, but the show focus time on on other That's stuff. Fair. Like I I I think it's I explaining, like James said, to the audience why she pieced out, yeah. why the decision yeah. wasn't that hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and you want and you want to make it you want to make Mon Mothma's journey hard on all accounts. Yeah. Yep. The so sacrifices. That's the big factor. thing. Sacrifice, yeah. sacrifice, sacrifice is what everyone keeps saying. Like, what are they giving up for the greater good? Because clearly the Empire's not giving up anything, right? Like Andrew yeah. said, they're like they're fat, they're satisfied, they they don't mm-hmm. listen to us, they're not listening to anything because they're arrogant. Whereas the other side, it's constantly giving. Yeah. And you could, if you look at Mon Mothma and how sort of plain she is in Rogue One and and original trilogy and Rebels and stuff, like this is her mask too. Like she doesn't, she's not about getting done up and looking nice and lavish and stuff. This is her mask, just like Luthen has his. So that whole speech about he's not going to see the sunrise. She may, she's sitting there thinking the same thing. She thinks she's toast. She's like, I, I, I was working, I was getting the funds out of my trust and now I don't know what we're going to do. And she feels like she's really just, she has no control over anything right now, whether it's her family, whether it's this rebellion, she feels like she's just completely lost because she didn't devote everything to one thing. And mm-hmm. we know she gets you know, survives and winds up leading the rebellion and it pays off for her that way. Might come at the sacrifice of her personal life um, in the same way Luthen was sort of talking. So there are similarities between the two of them. It just feels like uh, Luthen feels like there is, he sees the end game to this where I think right now anyway, Mon Mothma's just like, I don't, I, I feel like I'm screwed. Like she feels like she, she feels like she's sinking and like she's yeah. gotten too deep. Yeah. And which is ironic because I think that winds up flipping because we know where Mon Mothma is. We don't know what happens to Luthen after all this. So, right. Um, yeah. He, his chaos may, may get the best of him. But I, 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 I enjoy all that uh, anyway. The, the other aspect of this is, I know what were you guys take on on the Cyril thing and his uh, bad Wi-Fi call with with our boy from the first episode. I think he's going to end up. I think this is obviously all building to. They're all going to go to the funeral. Yeah, the, yeah, the funeral. It's going to be like I, one big thing. Like Luthen's going to show mean, up. Cyril's going to show trailers up. Where there, where Ferrix is involved. So, and it just seems like the point of this episode was leading that direction. I so Mar, like you know Marva is like the rebel of rebels and stuff like that and her and her husband were just sort of like their own renegade ice like uh, individual dynamic duo of rebels uh, before the rebellion was a thing I was so surprised that she didn't have like there wasn't a dramatic death or like her having a moment with Cassian or like going out with a blaze of glory or something like kamikaze style or whatever. I have just, just, this is probably a wild speculation that won't come true. I just don't like the idea of that character who was like, I'm not running away with you. I'm in this till I'm dead for them to like, not even give her an on-screen death, but I think I, that she has something left that she planned whether it's like explosives or something, one more thing to get them uh, as her final mark, because it's a weak exit for a character that everyone's like, this is a person who helped shape who Cassian Andor is. And that she just like, they're just like, oh, by the way, she died. It We're seemed very weird to get such an amazing over. actress and not give her some type of <laughs> death on I, the screen. 
I think she she planted explosives, or I think there's gonna be one final thing from Marva that she has planned, and I think that would be really cool. If well, she doesn't has a, she one last gotcha thing. get put into a brick? Well, you think they like put her in with like explosives or something? Yeah, yeah maybe. Because I think that yeah, whatever it is, I I think she has like one final trick up her sleeve. Post question: like If you died and got put into a brick, where would you want your brick to be placed? Oh, I already know what I want when I die. I'm just saying in the scenario, the question, okay. James, do you have a thought at all? I don't want to be a brick. Um, Like on where my brick would be? Yeah, where would you put your brick? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I feel like I'd put mine at like Disney World. (laughs) Yeah, I mean like in an ideal situation, yeah. I mean if they'd let you. Uh, yeah, Or like like underneath the Yoda fountain in San Francisco. Hmm. Yeah. It's tough. I'd have to put put some thought into it. Um, but let she me be throwing me... coins at you all day. You that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Inspiring wishes. I'll be at, I'll, put, put I knew you'd say Yankee, Yankee Stadium. Stadium. Someone could piss on one. you. Or or give me to Kevin McAllister so he can hit uh, Marvin Harry in the face with me. <laughs> Just throw you over the side of a building. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right, so I, I, I threw this out on my reaction, and I actually saw some comments that were like, no. And I was like, oh, look, I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm just kind of throwing it out there. But based on the comments you guys gave, I don't know, maybe it's not so crazy. Do we know she's dead? They no. pulled her out All of right. the house. Only yes. by the word. And Only because of what Cassian said. I don't think they reel that back. That's a big moment. I don't think they would take that away uh, from us. My my thoughts are they remember Fennec Shand. You don't see the person dead on camera. They're not so they they took her out of the house and they took her out completely covered. So you never saw a body, which obviously they covered her in the house behind closed doors and they took her out. They troughed her through the city. That would be a good way to br- get everybody like riled up and angry. Um I think there's some earlier comments in the show where she was like, I'm going to do this. And he's like, that's stupid. You'll get killed. And she's like, I'd rather die doing that, you know, or whatever. Right. So if she has one more trick of her sleeve, it could be that rallying the town against the people. Um, and I don't know. I, I just want to suggest that something else is going on and b2 knows what it is. And that's why he's acting like he is. Cause he can't lie. Like they set it up at the beginning of the episode. Uh. How he I'm can't lie the, at the beginning of the season. People were talking about that. I, I, I think the Cassian wanting her to be proud of him thing would be like really just washed out if they did that. And also it like doesn't Barrasso, change the sentiment. Uh, to me, it does. Because well, if, cause then if he comes if he, back and finds out that she's a, that she's alive and she did this for the cause and, and maybe she ends up dying in the battle, she still has the chance to say all that stuff to him. I don't want her to do at this point, though. Oh, Han is like stuck in his his. No, I mean, hey, look, well, also the story no, is the, presented. She died, and and that's Brasso where, too. Where Bra- Brasso's staying with the droid. Like the droid wasn't like just. I love seeing more Brasso, by the way. Really, I, like I think that, that character. was yeah. I think that was a really human moment. I think that was a really cool thing, and they would have to just like backtrack all of that and say like, just kidding, she's alive, and she pops up under the sheet with like a Gatling gun, like suck it, I like I don't know. I, I just don't see it. I'd I rather mean, her brick be an explosive device. What does that happen? In, does that happen in Terminator? Who comes out of a coffin shooting? Terminator. Well, no, no. In Terminator 3, uh, Sarah oh, yeah, Connor's yeah, body yeah. is not really in the casket. It's just a bunch of guns. <laughs> oh, I thought someone gets out of a coffin. Oh, you're thinking of The Undertaker in WWF. No. <laughs> <laughs> <Grasp his> <laughs> neck. He does that rise up thing where he's like, He's a very nice um, guy, actually. I worked there when he when he was there. You met the Undertaker. He has a Southern accent. Yeah, he's from Texas. That, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Me. So it's really funny. He'll be like, "Hey, y'all," and I'm like, "Yeah." Peace, Lacey. I don't know. I don't know about the, the Marva being alive thing. I, I was just doing it out there. I'm trying to look at all the pieces. Like Cinta's been watching, and and it's all like a show. Like that's they, her being there is sort of like the viewers eyes on the situation like this is what the outsiders are seeing because she's not in the group they're like, showing you what they want you to see you yeah, gotta like remember if, that if the storyline was with brasso 
Brasso knows, you know, so they can't show you that they have to, they had to put a character in the show that, to show you what the, the people are seeing from the outside. But Mm -hmm. look, uh, look, if she's dead, I'm not going to be like, Oh, but you know, like very clearly that's what the story is. So I'd, Mm -hmm. I'd almost rather be surprised and, you know, really, buy that she's gone and then yeah. if she does show up again i'm like cool man that's crazy they, they nobody's got ever really gone james yeah that's true except the organas they are they didn't make it organa really <laughs> i thought that's what you were saying and then i realized you weren't i was like oh okay i guess i'll go through with this <laughs> except no. the organas no no uh um, we do have My some marvelous, joke. marvelous joke was really good, though. No, I hate it. Uh, Mike well. Lovins, what up? Thanks for the super chat. Hey, Mike. He says, there are some outlets speculating that Luthen is a former Jedi. I can see how that could be possible. <clears throat> what do y'all think? That would be sick. I love Jedi. Crystal? So, What? Because of the, the crystal? crystal? Mm-hmm. Now, that's something I didn't consider until I don't think now. he is, but I think that's really a cool theory. I like. That. I would love it. I will always take more Jedi in anything Star Wars related. So, and then Tony Gilroy's like, see, we did put a Jedi in the show. I don't know who posted <laughs> it, but I saw a picture of the moment when he like gets his walking stick picked up. And somebody screenshotted it and said, is that what I think it is? And I'm uh, like, I think this is why people think he's a Jedi. Was it the of handle of a, a saber? It looked like a hilt or something. Yeah. Ah. Well, he's already used it in the show. It's like it, he's carrying it. It becomes like his walking stick. Oh. And, and it shot out like a lightsaber. And everybody's like, oh, I mean, like, that's an Easter egg. That's cool. It's kind of I wonder if he like. But he does I collect a lot of stuff, though. Yeah, I think we were kind of talking about it at the beginning. Like, do you think that's his old lightsaber or do you think it's a hidden lightsaber? Or do you think like this means that he respects the Jedi or that's like his former way of thinking and now he's this? All that aside, we were just like, no, man, I just think he's like a collector and like he just thinks that stuff is cool or whatever. But I did. I don't think it's a lightsaber. I don't think it's a Jedi, any of that. How him and Clea spoke in code. I thought it was so clever how he was mm-hmm. like, she was like, oh, did you get the new thing? And he's like, no, I didn't. There was another buyer or something. And she was like, oh, well, there's mm-hmm. another one that you need to get to urgently. And he's like, okay, I'll deal with it. And she's like, no, you're going to lose it if you don't deal with it. Like, it was just so perfectly done <laughs> that explains why we already thought this. His business is like the perfect front for what he's yeah. doing. Like he doesn't have to explain where he's going. He's getting all these weird things. Like if he's seen talking to a weird person, he can explain it away. It's just I like mean, hot dog stand would be pretty good too. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Unless <laughs> someone with the empire who's like listening in, he's like, they're definitely talking about a rebellion. <laughs> yeah. They have like a thing. They're like, mm, I don't know. We have yep. to find another collector. If you catch my drift. There's there's someone over there like nobody talks like this. Nobody talks like this. <laughs> like, what about that other piece? Yeah. They didn't say it like that though. They talked more casually than he that. He was twirling a fake mustache the whole time. <laughs> um yeah. that funny when he got pulled over, he still had his wig on. He's like, "Oh. Uh, I'm from Angry Alderaan. Magma does say that Luthen's speech made him think that he was a Jedi. Some of the lines that he says I'm assuming this is the last episode. I could see that. Hmm. Look, I love Star Wars speculation. Hmm. It's my favorite thing hmm. about watching stuff like this is when we get to talk about like what we think is going to happen. Um, so I would be 110% on board if Luthen was a Jedi. It would actually make this yeah, series be better to me, that. to be honest. I'd be down with that. Yeah. Why not? Why I don't know. Not? Why not have a Jedi be the catalyst I of the like- rebellion? I like these characters that are <clears throat> powerful without needing to be a Jedi. I know you, know I mean? you do. I know you do. The show is full of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like I Jin. It. I like Andor. I like Mon Mothma. And I don't think that a big player in the game has to be a big player because they have the access to the Force. It and I totally of... get that. I just love Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, look, if he's a Jedi, though. I'm going to be like, dude, he's twice as cool now. Yo, you know, sick. like <laughs> yeah. I get it. Yeah. Uh, like, dials back into the force and like starts doing stuff yeah what color is his lightsaber rust 
I wonder if he's sick. <laughs> he's a cyst? Because his ship is red. It's got red laser swords coming out of it. What if he's yeah. a Sith? But then he had the blue crystal, so it doesn't make sense. Lucifer. Luthen. You're the worst. Can we not? <laughs> Didn't you watch a show called Lucifer? I did until it got to like Netflix took it over and then it got like a little too weird for me. Hmm. Like, and I like weird stuff. Like it just, I couldn't follow the storylines and I was like, eh, did you watch the, watch the, the Lohan movie? I did. Did you like it? It was a delight seeing Lindsay Lohan back. However, She's back. it was. She's got her gym commercials and now this. <laughs> it was, video. it was pretty rough. I'm not gonna like they tried. I'll say that they tried. Yeah, even for a Hallmark type movie, they just did a Hallmark movie last weekend with what's her mm. name? I gotta look it up. But she played a nanny that was like a secret agent over in England, and she falls in love with the prince. Yo, it was good. <laughs> We're only two mean girls away from for 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 like careers oh, yeah, taking a yeah. dive to get a full Mean Girls Hallmark movie. No, so no. Need- oh. Yeah, what I'm saying we need is Rachel McAdams and and uh, and uh, the blonde girl Amanda Seyfried to yeah. really tank their careers and then get all four of them on the Hallmark Channel. I don't know, but Rachel and Amanda their, are doing as their awesome characters, stuff. Like, or you're just saying like get the no, no, and, no, yeah, just whatever. Uh, yeah, it's a fun did you see that Lindsay did Jingle Ball, uh, Jingle Bell Rock? She Jingle Balls, <laughs> Jingle Balls, Jingle Bell Rock. As like she recorded it for Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I did. But what what Andor review show gives you the low hand discussion and discourse the way we do? None. None. I'm gonna point Look, out that you guys our chat me to has talk not it. mentioned any of this. They're still talking Star Wars. <laughs> About yeah. we're back. So no, we're credit. background. Yeah. We're background. <laughs> yeah. To all of this, I could say anything right now. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Eggplant uh, Parmesan. I bet no one just. Okay. Heard speaking that. of Hallmark, though. I do yeah. wish we got a little bit more romance in this show. Mm. I'm yeah. always going to be that person that drives that. Like, I feel like these Star Wars projects are missing romance. I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking Tim? at uh, Bix, Bix and Brasso. Let's get that going. I just want Bix to be okay. I think she needs to be okay first mm-hmm. and, like, get help because yeah. they have done terrible things to her and then she can... But- Brasso's got that like Fred Flintstone thing going for him. Like, like him and Bix. You have to think they've had her since Andor was in jail. She's messed up. Yeah, she's not like well. how long is that? That's that's months. Probably a couple months. Yeah, and she's not oh, talking. Like... She's not talking. No. Side note: When like they went into that in scene, I was like, "Oh no, Lacey's about to have a hard time because they're gonna they're talking about all that stuff again." <sighs> yeah. I can't. I can't. Can I just kind of tune it out. Can we talk about Anto Krieger? Yes. Yeah, James James has a thought he was sharing with me off air that I know he's gonna bring up now. <laughs> hey, when when was this side chat happening? <laughs> no, this joined. was yeah, no, you were here, you just like were off the screen or something. But um I think call me crazy, but if you and I'm not being serious with this, but look at him closely. He looks like John Candy. What? Does that not look like John Candy? With it like doesn't a, a now bald? that I see the picture. You, you oh, now that nothing the... like John Candy. That guy Are in the back looks me? like Anthony Jeselnik, though, on the left. I look at that picture and I'm like, they they took a photo of John Candy and they put a, a beard and made him bald. It looks exactly, he actually like looks like my looks friend. Exactly like him. To me. <laughs> he looks like my friend Manny from college that used to do video production with me. <laughs> he looks just like him. I wish you guys knew who it was because you'd be like, yes, it does look like Manny. Well, I, off I, the I, subject of that, the conversation about Brian that Blessed guy's life, amazing. 30 men plus Krieger. What do we what do we think about this conversation with Saul? Oh, that was it's crazy a, how they're sacrificing 30 men. Like Saul was like, yep, take them. Kill those people. That's a that's a, a Star Wars Whoa, Easter egg, too. I don't think that, it was that. I think it was the opposite of that. No. Luthen I mean, was that's saying, where look. They, Luthen was saying, landed. look, we no, he was saying, look, you have to make it look like it's real because otherwise the Empire's going to be on to us. <clears throat> yeah. And Saul was like, what do you need? Like 30 men? He's sending 30 men plus Krieger to die. They're yeah. sacrificing those people so that the Empire isn't on to them. So they're and giving then, up 30 men to die. Yeah. Saul says for the greater good. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but that no, but Saul's the one who's opposed to this. He's yeah, for but then, it. Yeah, then he He's, sort of like convinces and, him that they have yeah. to do it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. But it but that's makes 30... me seem like Lacey's like, Lacey's like, Saul, what, what, he's just giving those guys away. And I'm like, I didn't well, say that. Saul's... I said he gave it to him at the end. He did. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, but I the, just uh, messed up. But the thirty, the thirty men thing, I think, is an Easter egg because that was the same amount uh, who went to go find Shmi from Cleve Larson. They said thirty men went out. It's like a thing in Star Wars. They say, th- and there was another instance in Star Wars where they said thirty men too. I don't know what that's about. Are you sure it's not just saying like, "Hey, thirty is a good number"? It's not too Why thirty? Why not forty? Why not twenty? Why not fifty? Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. Sometimes when they do that stuff, like you know. Pablo's like, hey, Tony, Tony, any other number. But yeah. when you said 27, can we make that 30? He's like, all right. He's like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah, I definitely so, like the, the, the scene. And I, I like that it was um, that philosophical question of like the train and like, do you switch it to kill one person or five people kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, we're actually have what's the movie with um benedict cumberbatch and he it was up for academy award where they code do you guys remember uh, this okay oh he, in, intimidation game or whatever yeah imitation in, game or something? imitation game yeah. yeah so he cracks the code and, and they figure out they cracked it because they they use the code to decipher a message and the message is we're about to in the next like 30 minutes go bomb the ship they could stop the ship bombing from happening by alerting the ship but they have this really hard discussion in the room where they say if we alert them then they know we they have no reason to leave if they suddenly leave then the germans will know that we've deciphered their 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 messages and will no longer be able to to plan out how we want to win this war we're giving that all away if we tell those people to get out of there so they Hmm. stand by and they let the ship get bombed that's probably what this is that's probably a complete it is. reference it, yeah yes i mean it's like it's a it's like a philosophical debate but it's like i love that they're that i mean i don't love this but like i love it in a storytelling fashion of like this is the type of things that the rebellion is up against it's like do i kill one person if it's going to save five people and it reminds me of the good uh sucked. the good place where they talk about like the trolley the phil, uh, philosophy well, of that, the trolley. That is it, yeah. yeah. It's the trolley problem, yeah. Yeah. Make t- make 10 kills feel like 100. They said that in Rogue One. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they show, they show Melchie and he's got like a chart and he's like, <laughs> there's 10 people tied down to a trolley yeah. track. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. want to flip the switch and move it over here so we kill 100. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and so the, the other thing, do you, do you think Luthen's going to Ferrix? Because I don't necessarily know if that's happening. I don't think he's that. Like, I think he, I don't know if he's going to go there. But I think there's going to be a communication intercepted. Because we just saw him talking to uh, Leah, Brea, Clea. What's her name? Clea. Clea. Could we get a Jennifer for once, please? Something. Uh, so I can remember that. But he was talking to her on that. Miss- Miss Cleo from the, the like yeah yeah <laughs> uh, I wasted so much money on that nothing ever happened came of it no um, I did once stay, I know I'll tell the story another time but that's a story for another time I know Maybe exactly what you were gonna say no you don't yes I did no. you spend a bunch of money on like wrestler calls and then your mm-hmm. grandparents or grandma or people felt like found out and they had to yeah, call nine nine hundred number yeah I said that. No. Yes. Right. Oh, you did say that? Oh, okay. Yes. I have revealed that? All right. Well, yeah, yeah that's what happened. All right. We've been anyway. doing this too long. Uh, <laughs> I've heard all your stories. I, I think um, <clears throat> early on, Mercero saying like, it made me think of that Seinfeld episode where George's girlfriend like hears Elaine laughing and she's like, I'll never forget that laugh. And then she hears Elaine laughing and she's like, it was you. You ruined my recital. <laughs> that's so sad. I think or spare think- square. <laughs> Same, similar, yeah. And um, I think Cyril's going to intercept a, a conversation and recognize Luthen talking to Blea, Blea, Kria, Clea, Sia, Clea. Oh and then he's going to like know whoever's talking to, he's going to know the other person and he's going to like connect it back 
to him that way. And that's why I don't think, I don't know that Luthen's going to Ferrix because I think he's going to intercept one of his calls. Cause then we just, you know, heard him on a call with his buddy. I, I think that's where that's going to happen. And I, I do think Cyril is going to go back to Ferrix, but I don't think Luthen's going to go to Ferrix. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I think yeah. everybody is. Cause it's the last episode. I still have to feel like he wants to be out here as much as he says it's go time. I, I don't know that he wants to. You say push. that, but he's currently kind of on the run. Maybe he made a quick decision and said, I'm going to go right to Ferrix. Hmm. I don't know. I don't the know. only thing that makes me think he would go to Ferrix is we were kind of left hanging on the whole, like the, the one missing component is Andor. Like he's the loose end. <laughs> yeah. So if, the he's, tr- if he's currently like... trying to track down Andor, he might be able to track him to Ferrix. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of torn on that. I, I don't know what, besides that, what he, business he would have there at all. I pop on my Disney Plus at like <clears throat> 7 in the morning next Wednesday and the episode's called Luthen Goes to Ferrix. I'm like, damn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I don't expect Mon Mothma to be at Ferrix. No, so... I don't either. Yeah. So then you could say that Luthen and Mon Mothma could have their final confrontations elsewhere, and then you could have the other storyline be there's a Ferrix confrontation. So yeah, I think it would be cool if this season ended with like a, a time jump to get closer to season two, and the like the formation of the rebellion at a location like Dantooine or mm-hmm. something like that, where we get to see Saw with Mon Mothma and maybe Luthen or something like that to really see a tangible formation of uh, the rebellion. But I just don't know. I I don't know where they're going to wrap this season up because I think it would have been easier, obviously if it was just the one season, but the fact that they're doing a second season, but it's that's covering four years. I don't know what they want to lead into. And I don't know if they're going to put a bow on this season or going to leave it like sort of messy, like we talked about last week. Um, But I just hope, Marva had one more trap to set. I hope there was one more thing that she could do because I, I don't like how she went out. That's how she went out. Unless I James, hope- you're right. And it's a, this whole decoy thing, but I hope we end on a hopeful note that we don't end on a, a point where we're like, we have to wait a full, you know, year, two years, two for years. Season and yeah. wow. I feel like I've been punched in the stomach. Like I hope the sad points are leading to a, a high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Willow, Willow really came at the right time. I just have a lot of feelings, and I don't want to be... <laughs> What'd you say? So Willow really arrived at the right time. Oh, my God, did it. Guys, I wish I could talk about it more because it is a true delight. It is everything Dude. I've ever hoped for from a Lucasfilm Warwick project. Davis, I wish he got more of a lead in uh, a Star Wars movie. Like he's, one of he's the sidekicks or something. Like not masked, like just him. Um, yeah. And I, Weasel ha- has his parts in Phantom Menace and Solo, but I would like him to be like part of the crew or something because he he is really good. And he, you know what's so funny? I didn't realize how young he was. I knew he was young in Return of the Jedi, and I almost forgot like Willow was only five years after that. Like he was only eighteen when he did Willow. Oh, he was. I watched Willow again. I haven't seen it in like a really long time. I did a rewatch uh, of the original movie and. I had a smile on my face the whole time. It, it's really good. Yeah, it was good. so yeah. good. It was so fun. Yeah, so I, I did. Still... I did the rewatch too, and I kept thinking, I think this is. I think this was George Lucas trying to tap into the like Lord of the Rings fantasy. I'm like, all for oh, it. Could be. It felt like, like Labyrinth and Lord of the Rings had a baby. That he has. To, he's he's a, a small person right literally like he's a hobbit he get he gets handed this thing through fate he has to take the thing to the place you know it's like and he encounters all sorts of different creatures and other people throughout like i said labyrinth it just you have someone looking for a baby and lord of the rings weird creature yeah willow's better than lord of the rings though if we're all being honest I mean, I that, like that's Willow, a bold statement. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> Not with this crowd. No, I don't know. Lord no. of the Rings is just because like, you um, don't like it. <laughs> I'm kidding around. Whatever. Um, no, but George Lucas does love that man loves him. Some MacGuffins. That's a fact. Mm. No doubts there. Um, but in terms of, yeah, in terms of this, um, man, Andor, I, I really don't know what to say about what's, what's going to come 
for next week, but uh, I expect a big episode. I expect uh, it to not go out with a whimper. I think it's going to have more action than most of the other episodes. The one thing that we didn't really talk about it. There we go. The one thing we didn't really, the one person on my side. Cool. Uh, The one thing we didn't really talk about is I think we talked about it on our uh, poll chat because one of our, patrons has this name but the cantwell class is the name of that ship and colin cantwell uh was the concept artist everyone knows ralph mcquarrie uh colin cantwell was introduced to george lucas during like the american graffiti time and he worked on like 2001 a space odyssey so he wanted to see what he could make and he helped design like the x-wings and stuff like that he had died this past may he was like 90 i think and the fact that they were able to finally use that famous design that people were like oh well they'd never use i hope they told him before that i would i would they, like to think so i would like, I would to, like think to think that they so. were like hey man we're using your design it's finally getting in and even yeah it didn't make it into solo but it is like it's available for anybody to watch yeah it it is technically part of the movie in a in a deleted scene so it's like it's there yeah but i think um, i think you're right i think the production on this probably predated his death and he probably knew that it was happening because they had i hope so and that they called it that is really cool too i think that's really awesome yeah that might have been a bonus yeah that might have been like we're changing the name at the last minute because yeah to, to respect or honor him but yeah the you like you could say what you want about the executives and stuff like that at the studio but the people who make this stuff and like the doug changs and those types of people they respect the history and they like to honor it a lot and they do a good job of it a really good job of that um anything else uh from this episode uh you guys want to get to or, or Just before we wrap up maybe like that stuff on the beach like i know we kind of talked a little bit about it, but I was surprised to see that Melshi was leaving. I got it, but I thought now he looks he was good like, in that shirt. He was in it. Oh, and they got the money back. Like I said, I said he's going to go back. And, yeah. and he has the manifesto. Which oh, is- who was? Mm-hmm. So was that a hotel? Yeah, he went back to his hotel yeah, room. I, to I get took it as stuff. a hotel. And that looked like Ulan Musters, the the person who uh, was in the jail cell, the, the jail with uh, your gin. Enough. Yeah, it did. <laughs> No, they were snoring. I thought that was pretty funny. It was just this creature snoring, laying on their back in this bed. Yeah, I yeah. Thought was, they added a little... The, the, the creature stuff was good in this episode. I, I hope it. the manifesto gets released this season because we just heard it again. Oh, you mean like for people to buy or do you mean in the show? Like, it, in, like they reveal what's in it? I mean, it would be cool to read, but no, in the show so that everybody... Like, I hope it gets broadcasted so everybody knows like, hey, there are people out oh, there who fight type thing. That would be cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's it. This show, I said this in my uh, thing this morning. I was like, it's gone surprisingly fast. Like, think about the episodes where we were discussing Nemec and all that. Like, <laughs> it's like that seems like you it was just last that. week. Yeah, no, I I feel like it was a long time ago. I feel like it was a a different show almost. I mean, yeah, I, I yeah, I guess I get what you're saying, but but what I'm saying is like it's surprising that like that much time has passed. Remember that guy's like scheme? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was like our debates, <laughs> like who was good and who was bad. I saw I saw Dave uh, <laughs> Dave pop up that question: Is Deidre going to get smoked by the end of the season? I I think she's too good of a character. They're going to keep her around. I think. What do you guys think? Deidre, yeah, I think she's sticking around for predictions for the season. Yeah. Who's um, dying? <laughs> no, I think DJ I think DJ's done. I think they're going to I think they're going to wrap her up. Oh. Interesting. Cuz I think, I don't the, think the, the next season mm. is is over the 4 years and I don't think she's going to be following for 4 years and why bring her into like the first 3 episodes just to kill her? Like just kill I her think now. She gets, I think she gets assigned to the Death Star at the end of season 2. And we're all like, you said that yeah, <laughs> just send any Imperial that they make us love to hate. You're being assigned to the detention wing of the Death Star. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Like, or the opposite of when they send good people to Alderaan, you're like, no. Yeah. Don't. yeah. Please don't. Don't. Um, Wait, that happened once. When, when was that? Well, if you're talking no, like Cara Dune just... talked about it. But like she's from Alderaan and, and no, Paul I guess I think we were thinking maybe that's just how they would wrap like Rogue One or something. 
Oh like, yeah. We won the war. Now we're all going to Alderaan. <laughs> we just know that means that's explaining the characters away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, that will do it for this one. So we want to thank everybody for who joined us live. Uh, love the comments. Thank you for the, anyone who sent in those super chats. I always appreciate it. It always makes us think about other ways to discuss this. And uh, I hope everyone had fun in the live chat. Anyone who's listening to this now, whether it's audio or on video thereafter, just thanks for being part of TRB. We really appreciate it very much. Yes. Tell your friends who like Star Wars because uh, Mando's coming soon. Bad Batch is coming soon. Uh, oh my gosh, coming. I can't wait for the next season of Mando. I am so hyped. It's going to be a fun year in 2023. There's a lot of other stuff coming too. Uh, and we have exciting things to reveal soon as well. Um, but before we do, we just want to thank our patrons. Uh, can't thank them enough, uh, especially for what's ahead with us. You know, um, and All of your support means such a great deal. So if you haven't yet and you're able to... Um, head to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Our tier started $5 a month. Uh, we have a lot of exclusive videos that we do there. Uh, we're working on stuff behind the scenes, extra content. Uh, also, we have a Discord server just in case Twitter explodes like uh, Alderaan. Who knows? But I it's a great not. community. It's a great place. Uh, and a lot. Just check it out. Patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. A lot of cool stuff there. So tier started $5 a month. And uh, I would be remiss if I didn't thank our generals and spice runners uh first our generals carmelo john reese jetta rosewater frank ronde darth hurricane nick kratz christian morales brian smith matt chitty danny mike ramori matt heath chris white brendan mclaughlin count pepto sneaky zebra paul sullivan and val trishkoff and spice runners david probus neil shaw kendall gellner ryan wara dave hornack uh thomas hennessy andrew staley jeremy myers and michael fry so next week uh we will be talking about the final episode can't believe it of andor it's gonna be wild but uh thank you all for joining us uh you can find me on twitter at johnny hoey and uh my movie podcast just like the movies we just did t2 and we're doing the dark knight next so if you're a batman fan check that out and uh starwarsnews.com uh james uh you can find me on twitter and instagram at Meyer trunks and i i just quickly want to pull up that photo again see if this looks like anybody you got these guys look similar to you. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. So we're doing Roth the look-alike Garden. comparison tonight. I thought, you know, right. these guys look kind of similar. Yep. Yep. I don't know. I, I, I think the, the guy in the left looks like the guy in the left looks like John Candy to me. I don't know. <laughs> he looks like he'd be friends with John Williams. Yes, he would. Right. All right. So. At Omatress on Twitter and Instagram, James? Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. Right. Lacey. People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin, including my initial thoughts on Willow episode one to three, which we were yeah. lucky to see. And yes. guys, it yes. is so good. I'm not just saying that. It's so good. It's so yeah. good. Very good. Um, yeah. And uh, we hope everyone has a great week as you're preparing for the holidays to begin. It already snowed at my house. Uh, it snowed yesterday. here too. Yeah. yeah. Well, you live like 20 minutes from me. So that makes I sense. Do. Uh, but we, don't forget, we, we'll have our, our regular episode Monday where we're going to talk about uh, a lot of the latest news and stuff like that. So enjoy your weeks and we'll see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids. 